Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. How many have felt the presence of the Lord in the house this morning? Amen. I'm having a hard time. I believe I heard actually, uh, I believe I heard Jensen Franklin say this not long ago. And it's kind of hard to have a hard time. You can't have church uh, laying at home in bed in your nightgown and your pajamas eating your Fruit Loops uh, watching, watching the church service on TV. Now, if you're sick and you're homebound, that's one thing. But it's hard to feel the presence of God like we have felt the presence of God this morning in the house of God. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can get up and come to church. Well, if Sister Pat and Sister Christina can make their way to the house of God, we can make our way to the house of God. Amen? Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk this morning just for a few, uh, just for a few minutes uh, on the power of prayer. How many of you know there is power in uh, prayer? The last, I believe last week I talked about prayer brings rejoicing in our life when we step aside and don't look at our circumstances, but rejoice when God draw, is drawing near to us. And so I want to continue just uh, uh, this Sunday. We probably won't continue unless the Lord leads me. But this Sunday, I want to talk about that there is power in prayer. Your, tool book, your toolbox, excuse me, your toolbox in life, there is no greater tool in your toolbox than prayer. And so, what is, what is prayer? If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm new to the faith, and I don't really understand what prayer is, prayer is just communicating to God. Communicating to God in your own way. Communicating and speaking to God in your own way. A child can communicate to God. A teenager can communicate to God. The Bible even says if we can't come as little children, communicating to God. Each one of the children that was up here this morning and our teens can communicate to God in prayer. I was raised in a home that early, early, and just when I was just a little boy, I would hear my mom and I would hear my dad pray. I was sharing with Tina the other day that uh, years ago when we were building our house, I would stop by the house and, and eat, and, and once in a while I would spend the night, and I'll never forget my dad getting up early in the morning, reclining back in the chair, and I heard him call out each one of us kids and mom to the Lord in prayer. How many times did we come home from school, and I hear my mom on her knees praying? Prayer changes saying, thank God that uh, my brother and my sister and myself are in church today because I had a mom and dad that communicated to God. Amen, church? And so there's nothing any powerful than prayer. There's no greater tool in your toolbox than prayer. Do I have to be uh, at a spiritual level to pray? Do I have to be a spiritual giant to pray? Do I have to have a lot of money to pray? Do I have to be a grown-up to pray? Do I have to have, be a certain kind of person to pray? Do I have to be educated to pray? The answer to all of those questions is no. 
God, no matter how old, no matter how young, no matter black, white, green, yellow, purple, it doesn't matter what culture you come in, God wants to hear you communicate to Him. And we find Jesus in Luke chapter 3, in verse 21 through 22, which I believe, which I believe is one of the great one of the great scriptures of the Bible in talking about prayer. We see that Jesus prayed at the very start of his ministry in Luke chapter 3, in verse 21 and 22. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was being baptized too. As he was praying, I found that very unique that while Jesus was being baptized, Sister Betty... He was praying. I've never seen that in Scripture as many times as that I, maybe I've read that. As he was being baptized, he was praying. And the Bible says that as he was praying, as he was being baptized, say with me, the heavens were open. I'd like to communicate to you this morning that when you pray, God wants to open up the heavens to you. But you got to pray. Say with me, you got to pray. The Bible says that he was praying as he was being baptized. I've never seen that in that passage of Scripture before. And it says, And the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be awesome to hear God speak to you when you pray and say, I am well pleased with your walk with me, but when you pray. What is so amazing about this passage of Scripture? I am amazed that Jesus even prayed. He is the Son of the living God. He had part in hanging the stars in their sockets. He was the one who, with the Holy Spirit and His Father, created heaven and earth. He is the one the Bible said is the, the spoken, living Word of God. We look in the New Testament. For Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus will always be. So I am, I am just, just overwhelmed when I look at this passage of Scripture that Jesus even prayed. Why does Jesus need to pray? Well, the Bible says that the Father is in heaven. Jesus is on earth. Can I tell you, if you're walking on this earth, you need to pray. You need to pray. So Jesus is the living Son of God, and he needed to pray. But the Bible says that after he prayed, in one translation it says that it was his custom to pray. Can I stop here and just ask you, do you have a custom to pray? Or do you pray just when things are going bad? Do you pray when your circumstances are just getting a little worse? Or is it your custom to pray as it was Jesus? So as Jesus is being baptized, the Bible says that he was praying. And the Bible says the heavens open. But when we look in the next passages of Scripture in the book of Luke, after Jesus prayed, Luke 4, Jesus speaks to the unclean spirit to come out of a man, and the man's free after he prayed. Luke 4 again, Jesus heals many that were sick. 
Luke 5, Jesus is healing a man with leprosy. Luke 5 again, Jesus is healing a man that is paralyzed when Jesus prayed. How many know that when you pray, the heavens can open, God's power can descend down. When you pray, mighty things can happen. But let me insert again, you got to pray. Say with me, you got to pray. I, I do better praying in the morning. My custom is that I take Marta to school and I come in church in the morning and I, and I pray. It doesn't matter if you pray in the morning, you pray in the evening, you pray during the day. It just so you pray. I suggest that you pray in the morning when you face this crazy world. Amen. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on in this crazy world now. Just a suggestion that you pray. I, I kind of like the way that my wife does it. She prays off and on all day long. All day long. I suggest sometimes that we pray off and on all day long. Jesus started out his ministry in prayer, and the results, listen church, were powerful. As a pastor, I want my deacons to be men of prayer. Amen? I want my deacons to be filled of the Holy Spirit and a prayer. They got to make decisions about Calvary Assembly of God Church. And when we come together as a board, I want my deacons prayed up. Oh, that, that's weak. Do you want them prayed up? They got to make major decisions sometimes about this church. I want my mission director prayed up. If he's prayed up, I'm probably not going to ask a lot of questions. But if he's not praying, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. Amen? I, I not only want my, I want my worship team prayed up. I don't want people up here playing instruments and leading you in worship that's not got on their knees first. All right, I, I'm going to have to get... I'm going to have to preach because I don't want them up here, even though a lot of it is my family, so I'm going to preach to my family. I don't want them not praying and getting up here and just playing instruments and leading you into worship or you're not going to feel the power and presence of God. I want a worship team that is on prayer. I don't care if they're young or they're old. I want them to be praying. Yeah. Amen. I want our greeters to be praying. Because when they greet people coming in, I want them full of the Holy Spirit and prayer. Uh, we went to a church one time, and uh, I, I watch everything. Uh, uh, my wife sometimes has to nudge me and say, quit looking around at everything. You worry about the lights, the sound, everything that's going on. Okay, Just listen to the preacher, Kevin. And uh, I, I, was, uh, I watched just as soon as we pulled on the parking lot, and uh, we walked in the front door. And uh, we, we, it was a smaller church. And the guy in the back, he was just, you know, like this, well, here's your bulletin. See, you you know, here, you know. It, it was like I wasn't greeted like I'm supposed to be greeted. Amen? I mean, I want to be greeted when I go to a church like they do at Grand Home Furnishings with a smile and a coat. Amen? It's, it's a difference when we pray if we're a greeter. Amen? I want my security team prayed up, okay? I don't want them guessing about what's going on. Amen. I like what one preacher said. Uh, we're living in a world that we need security. And when you pull on this parking lot, there is security. A amen. Uh, we got someone right after worship that goes in the parking lot and look, we got one 
that, that's here early, was here early this morning watching. I like what one pastor said. We're here to be, to be safe. We know God is going to protect us, but we're here to help him if he needs some help. I mean, but I want my security team, I want them prayed up. Amen. I want them to be prepared and I want them prayed. I want my youth leaders prayed up. I want Pastor John and Amanda prayed up. They're pouring into these children. I want them to pray. We can just do ministry just to be doing ministry. But I want to have impact in the kingdom of God. I want to serve in ministry to see lives touched and transformed. I want to do ministry and see people free from addictions. Marriages put back together and community saved. And we cannot have impact without prayer. Again, we cannot have impact, say it with me, without prayer. Remember in the book of, uh, remember in the book of Acts chapter 2. Jesus is finishing up his ministry on earth. Now he is sending his disciples out to evangelize the world. He only told 12. They ended up in the upper room with 120, right? And Jesus finished up in his ministry, and the first thing he does, he has called them to a place called the upper room, which is the very first thing he tells them to do. He tells them to what? He tells them to pray. In verse 14, they all joined together in constant prayer. And when they did, say when they did, the Holy Spirit came upon them in great power, and great might. And they went out of the prayer room with great impact. I don't know how I did that, but that kind of rhymes. Let me do it again. And the Holy, Sp Holy Spirit must have helped me put that together. And the Holy Spirit came upon them with great power and great might. And they had great impact. Let's say it, to great, let's say it together. Great power, great might, and great impact. These 12 changed their community with great impact. And we're here in church today because they got in the upper room with all power and all might. And they cha started changing the world. And people are still praying. People are still getting in the upper room. And people are still coming out with power and great might. And we're having great impact when we, when we pray. Number two... You got something great you want God to do in your life? How many would say yes? yes? I got something great. I got something big. I got something only God can do. I got something that is impossible with my own strength, by my own strength. Do you remember Hannah in the Bible in the Old Testament? Hannah cannot have a baby. Hannah is barren. Hannah wants to have a baby. In Hannah's life and a lot of the ladies back then, it was almost like a disgrace not to be able to have children. Is your dream barren? Is your vision become dim? Is there a place that is barren in your heart? Is there something that's just not happening and it's barren in that situation in your life? Is your marriage barren? Is your relationship with others barren? Is your situation seem like it's just not working out? <clears throat> Hannah is crying and weeping. The Bible says in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 12, 
the Bible says she had been praying with great anguish and great grief. Verse 16, she keeps praying unto the Lord. She is looking at an impossible situation. She's, look, she's facing with a great desire to have a child and cannot. She's praying for the impossible to happen. Does God hear her prayer? Come on, it's not hard. I'm going to just tell you, yes. Does God hear her prayer? Yes. Does God notice she is in great anguish and grief? Does God notice she's barren? Does God notice her heart's cry? The Bible says she weeped before the Lord. The answer is yes. And God hears your prayer when you pray. I believe Charles Spurgeon said that God is not going to answer a prayer that you don't pray. Wow. Look at what happens in verse 19 and 20 for Hannah. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home. Wow. She must have been going to the temple. We find Hannah in the temple. I'm going to say this like I did about 15 minutes ago. America has got to the place. It's okay with television. It's okay with internet. All of that is great. We've got incredible churches in America. But God has not changed. He said, in the last days, do not forsake the siblings of yourself together. It's hard to do when you're laying home on your couch again, eating your Fruit Loops and your and your uh, uh, your your, your uh, uh, bananas and, and whatever for breakfast. It's hard to communicate and be together, worshiping, loving on each other, and getting encouraged. And it's okay. It's it's nothing right, wrong with that if you're you're housebound or or anything like that. But the Bible says, as you see those days approaching. Gather together more and encourage each other. And in the way back in the Old Testament, we find Hannah in the temple praying. We find Hannah in the temple praying. And this is what God did for her. Look at your neighbor and say, God's going to answer my prayer. Say it again. Come on, with faith. God's going to answer my prayer. Look at what happened in verse 19 and 20. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord and went back to their home. Her husband made love to his wife Hannah, the Bible says, and the Lord returned to her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. I'm telling you that God will hear and answer your prayer. But what is so unique about this passage of scriptures, the scripture, excuse me, is that Samuel becomes one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. If you study the life of Samuel, this guy becomes one of the greatest men of the Bible. And it all started from a barren woman that got on her knees and prayed before the Lord. I want to encourage you. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you need to pray for, but I come to tell you that if you will pray, God will hear you and answer your prayer. But you got to pray. You remember the three Hebrew children? 
I believe that they had made up their mind that they were going to have to pray. King Nebuchadnezzar is going to throw them in, let's say it together, the fiery furnace. And I was studying this passage of Scripture. Scholars believe it's the same furnace that they used to bake the brick to put the wall around Babylon. But So if they're using that same furnace to bake the brick they used to build around Babylon, this furnace has to get pretty hot to bake the brick. But, Nebuch- but, but the three Hebrew children, we find out, that Nebuchadnezzar says that he's going to heat it up seven times hotter. Let me ask you, are you like me? It feels like that the devil has hit, and then he's hit again, and before you feel like you're getting victory, he hits again, and it seems like the enemy has heated up the furnace seven times hotter in your life. Not only that, but the king announced that he wanted it heated up seven times hotter. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're facing circumstances that's been heated up? Do you feel like that you're, you're facing things that have gone from bad to worse? If that is the case, my God specializes in taking bad circumstances and turning them around when you pray. Listen to the outcome of this Old Testament story. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar is watching, waiting for the Jews and watching this amazing story. But in, in, in verse 22, then the king Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in the fire? And they replied, certainly Okay, in verse 25, he said, look, I see four walking around in the furnace, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar, may I announce, he's not the son of the little gods. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's the son of the living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can I tell you that when you pray, it doesn't matter if it's gone from worse to bad, from bad to worse. It doesn't matter what your circumstance looks like. But when you decide that I'm going to fall on my knees and I'm going to pray, the Bible says that he will even depart the water on your behalf when you pray. Amen. The third thing. Prayer will open the door to blessings in your life. I love the, the prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. When he cried out means that he prayed. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And the Bible says, and God granted his request when Jabez prayed. We find this little boy, Jabez, tucked away in the Chronicles, of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And we find this little prayer that we find that God blesses this young man indeed. When he prayed. The very first thing scripture tells us about Jabez is that he cried out to God. He prayed to God. He prayed that God would bless him. 
Jabez acknowledges that blessings come from God above. Are you chasing broken promises and blessings that the world tries to entice upon you? Or are you striving to towards the prosperity on your own strength? But can I tell you, that doesn't work out. But Jabez says, would you bless me indeed? I don't want the world's blessings. I want God's blessings. I want God's blessings. I want to pray, God, I want you to bless me indeed. Because it's not all about a dollar. Dollar's okay. We all need the dollar. But it's not about the dollar. God, I want your blessings. I want your blessings in health. I want your blessings in prosperity. God, I want your blessings. Lord, bless me indeed. Second, he prayed that God would multiply his territory. What did he mean? God, I want greater influence in my life. How many of you praying for greater influence in your life? I want to influence, Brother Tab, more people. I want to see more people come to Christ. I want to impact more people's lives. God, I'm praying that you will enlarge my territory, that you will move my tent stakes out and make my tent larger where, God, that you will bless this church and we will be able to increase our territory of influence in our community. Lord, I'm praying to enlarge our territory. How many of you want God to enlarge your territory in your life? Amen? And he also prayed, Lord, that your hand be upon me. God, I don't want to go anywhere. God, I don't want to do anything. God, I don't want to make any decision without your hand upon me, Lord. I want your hand upon me. For God, when your hand is upon me, there's mighty things that can happen in my life. God, you can use me mightily when your hand's upon me. God, when your hand's upon me, I can have wisdom. God, when your hand's upon me, I can have understanding. God, when your hand's upon me, I can have counsel. God, when your hand's upon me, I can have might. God, I don't want to do anything in this life that your hand is not on me. Lord, please put your hand upon me. Lastly, he prayed, keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. God, keep my family. Keep this church. Keep my daughter. Keep my, ne my nieces and my nephew. Keep my sister, my brother, my mom, my family. Keep the people of this church. God, would you send an angel to encamp around about them? How many believe that God has angels that can encamp around you? One prayer that I pray over Marta and our family every night is, God, how many of you remember in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that God sent an angel to the Garden of Eden with a flaming sword. Amen. I pray that over our family every night. God set an angel with a flaming sword at the doorpost of our home. God sent an angel with a flaming sword over the doorpost of this church. Because the enemy doesn't like you. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And there's something called demons that the Bible talks about. And they come to steal, to kill, and to destroy your life. And the enemy wants to rip your life completely apart. He doesn't care. He wants to rip it apart. So God, I'm asking you like Jabez, keep me from harm. 
Keep me from pain. Keep me, God. Protect me. Protect our children. Protect our family, God. They might be out there doing crazy things, Wayne, but I believe that when I pray, I believe that when I fall on my knees before God, that God hears and answers my prayer and puts a wall of protection around them that no harm may be towards them. I want to close this little story I heard not long ago about a pastor. His daughter and another young lady left, uh, left a uh, youth uh, youth rally, and on the way home, uh, the two young ladies, uh, their car had broke down, and here stopped a, a man beside along the road, and he grabbed both of them, and for somehow he grabbed both of them and got them both in the car, and on the way down the road, he pulls this knife out. And he says to these, these two young girls, he tells them that I'm going to rape you and I'm gonna, then I'm going to kill you. And the story is that there's a, one of the girls are in the back seat and he put one of the other girls in the front seat. And it says that as they're going down the road, the little lady in the back seat started speaking in a heavenly language. Started praying, praying, just seeking God, praying right there in her situation. They were scared to death, but they prayed. And the story is that the man looks over to the girl in the front seat and says, What is she doing back there? She says, She's praying. Well, I don't like it. It's driving crazy. She's back there speaking in tongues. She's back there letting the, the Bible says the third person of the Trinity, which is your friend and my friend in prayer, the Holy Ghost. And she starts praying, speaking in tongues. And the guy says again, what's she doing? She's driving me crazy. The girl in the front seat said, she's praying. Well, I don't like it. And he jerks the car off beside the road and yells, get out of my car. They got out of her car. The rest of the story, they were safe. And that was, a, that was a pastor's young daughter and a friend that just left a youth rally. Thank God, them two girls had a prayer life. They had a prayer life. And when they called upon God, instantly, this is what I believe, I believe if either one of the girls had not been walking with God, I believe if they had a praying mom and dad that were up on their knees, praying that God could have did the same thing when you pray. I just want to close in saying, there's power. There is a lot of power in prayer. And I say that me and my wife, with some things that we have looked at over the last year. We've got on our face. When they got a little worse, we just kept praying, Sister Colleen. We just kept praying. Sometimes I would pound the floor and just praying, God. God, you're not going to forget me.
God, it's getting a little worse. Brother Wayne, but God, you said you'd never leave me. You said you'd never forsake me. God, you said if I'll draw nigh to you, that you'll draw nigh to me. God, I'm believing. It, it looks like it's going completely in the opposite of what I'm praying. But God, I'm going to keep praying. And I'm going to keep believing. And I testify today, so help me, God. So help me from this pulpit. Our circumstance had turned around 180 degrees. You know what? I got another one that I'm going to him in prayer. And you know what? Between you and me, my God is going to answer that prayer. My God's going to answer that prayer. Not because I'm a pastor. That has nothing to do with it. I am no more his child than you are. He don't love me any more than he loves you. And he don't answer my prayer any more than he's going to answer your prayer. And if your prayers have been held up sometimes, can I testify to you, mine has been held up sometimes. Okay? Just fall on your knees and you pray. I know I'm closing for the third time. The Lord just keeps throwing stuff in me. If you'll just pray, you can't let your, your fears and doubts and your past. I, I need to tell somebody this this morning. Your past is behind you. My past, I didn't have a, a real terrible past, but it doesn't matter. I was a sinner just like the next person. Your past does not affect your prayers today if you're covered under the blood. But you got to pray. Let's stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Praise God. Such a, such a beautiful spirit. I want everybody just to take, this is how we're going to close. Everybody just take someone by the hand this morning. And I just feel like closing. Uh, like if you just got to step across the aisle. If you don't, to grab someone's hand, that's fine. But I want us to, to recommit. Thank you, Brother Wayne, with getting with her. Amen. Thank you, Sister Tina. I, uh, I want us just to commit, uh, all of us, commit to, uh, if we're, we've not been praying, let's just, let, we're going to commit to that, okay? And if we have been praying, let's commit to another level of prayer. Amen? We can do that. We can commit to another level. I need to go to another level in prayer. I really do. I feel it in my spirit. I need to go to another level in prayer. Some of you say, but Pastor, you know, I've just, I've really struggled with praying. This last week, which seemed like a week that I kind of struggled so much in my prayer for some reason. But God is going to hear and answer your prayer. Greatest tool that you have in your toolbox in this life is prayer and the Word of God. It's prayer, okay? Let's commit. Father, we're closing like this to, this morning. We are recommitting our prayer life. God, I'm asking you that, Lord, you would uh, take away the hindrances that the devil has tried to put in our life, in our prayer life. Because when we don't pray, we have no power. But when we pray, we have power and we have impact. 
We open up the heavens. You open up the heavens to bring down our answers when we pray. So we commit in our own way. And I'm going to give you about a no more than probably a minute. I'm going to just ask you to pray in, in your own way that you commit to the Lord that you're going to pray. And if you're already praying, you're going to commit to that next level. Let's do it right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Man, amen.